For the month of September, I wanted to spend my podcast focusing on how we win, how we defeat the authoritarian junta that's been installed. So we do that first by removing the indoctrination, getting the money back so that we can use that to fund our own kids' education, to give them a good, solid foundation, and then to make our red states redder, to hone in on running it like a nation so that the federal government only has so much impact on your localities and your state. But then, in examining what I was going to do, I went a little deeper on this one. We need to get to our fundamental, core, foundational values of what makes, why this nation was built on Christianity, why it was built on a biblical background, and how we need to revert back to that to really reshape the culture away from the pagan, satanic things that are working itself throughout uh, all the institutions, all the organizations, all the layers of culture and politics. And we're going to do that coming up next on The Adrian Slade Show. The presidential motorcade was just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's The Adrian Slade Show. If you're wondering why everything is upside down, (laughs) down is up, up is down, nothing makes sense, nothing's logical, nothing's reasonable, everything is bizarre, (laughs) I mean, it's because, and I believe, uh, I've been tweeting about this for a while, I've been on social media posting this, we're in a spiritual war, this is spiritual warfare, I'm Adrian Slade, thanks for tuning in, and I don't mean to get biblical on you, and I'm not going to get real biblical on you, because I'm not a preacher, I just, I have my faith, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and uh, I believe we are in biblical spiritual warfare that explains all the evil running amok, (laughs) and and when, I mean, and I'm not even going to go to where you think I'm going to go, a lot of people are going to go, okay, he's going to pop up Revelations, Mark of the Beast, all that stuff, no, 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 we're going to go to the Roman Empire here for a minute uh, to explain what is happening right now. And think about it. It even goes back to Sodom and Gomorrah. It wasn't just the homosexuality. It was all of the depravity that was going on. And the angels show up to warn Lot, hey, God's going to take this place out because these people are so eaten up with their own depravity that their souls have turned black. And then they come knocking on Lot's door going, hey, give us up these two people that came into your house, which they didn't know were angels. Why? Because they wanted to have sex with them. They wanted to rape them. And Lot goes, you know what? Here, have my daughters instead, because he was really uh, protective over God's angels. And then what happened? The place got burned to the ground. Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt for turning back and looking at it. And so we're running into this evil that's been running amok. You know, everything they're doing is completely evil. I mean, listen to the things that they're doing. They want to teach your kids sexuality in the kindergarten class. They want to put books about kids giving other kids BJs and, and, and crazy sex books in their library. And then they want to go out and cry about it as though, oh, you're banning books. All books, Jill Biden out there, Dr. Jill Biden out there talking about no books should be banned. Freedom of speech This isn't, you know, we're not Larry Flint in this thing. This isn't a kid's library, you depraved lunatic, right? I mean, they're going to try to teach this in their classrooms. All these LGBTQRS, trans, whatever, these activist 
teachers. They're out there wanting to teach this in class. And then we're finding out there's guidance counselors who are wanting to push it on kids who are at frail dispositions. And they're doing all this so that they can decide whether your, your boy or girl is going to be a girl or a boy or that they're gay or straight at age five. And if you don't let them do it, then you're building up bullying culture and violence. And I don't know. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's just evil. I mean, and then you got to get into the fact that they're going to sit there and try to debate on whether or not someone can, you know, be a minor attracted person. See, here's the thing. And I I don't want to get into, because this is going to be a contentious statement, but either it's a lifestyle choice or you're born that way. And if that's the case, it brings up two different paths. If you're born that way, well, then that means the pedophile is born that way. And then we need to go ahead and modernize and take the stigma off of their, their lifestyle, right? And that's not the case because they're given over to a depraved mind. So then that means it's a choice. And if it's a choice, then you're either choosing to do what the Bible says or you're choosing not to do what the Bible says and live out in sin. And see, now that's, you know what? I've always been the type that says, you do you, and if you're doing another dude or another female and you want to do that, that's between you and the one you're doing and God. And whether God is happy with that or not, that's up to you to decide. That's up to you to be convicted. And that conviction is what people want to remove as a stigma. And that's where they get all pride, right? They get all pride on us, which pride is a deadly sin. So why are we celebrating the deadly sin? There you go. But at the same time, if you don't believe in God, well, then you're going to do what you're going to do. And that's where it's going to be. And you're going to find out whether or not it was the right decision or not. But regardless, the Bible seems to be clear about it. So it's why you see a movie trailer like this. And why is it that they're always talking about sex all the time? And I'm not trying to stigmatize and and marginalize gay individuals because I've had plenty of friends that were gay. I mean, I had a boss that was gay. He was a really cool guy. He actually was somebody who was against the flamboyant, outspoken gays. You wouldn't have even known he was gay. (laughs) One of them walked in and he'd be like, Oh, man, there goes those ones that are always loud. And and I'm like, I agree with you. But you know what? That doesn't mean that I still don't look at it and go, that's not what God commands of us. And nine times out of ten, the people that have been around that are gay, they talk about sex a lot. Like this movie that's coming out. Listen to this movie trailer. Every bit of it talks about that. Hey guys, it's Bobby Lieber coming to you from the future home of the LGBTQ plus museum. Everyone is really excited and totally getting along. This happens to be Bisexual Awareness Week and no one has acknowledged it. Lesbian History Month was in March. Nobody said a thing. Of course, lesbians get a month and we get a week. So what's happening? Didn't you guys have an announcement? This is a little unexpected, but we are in a throuple situation. You're in a throuple? Let me tell you what's progressive now. Being alone. I love my life. I love my freedom. I love my independence. That's kind of sad. That I don't want to be in a throuple. I don't even want to be in a couple. Freedom. Let's 
Bobby, I had sex with that 65-year-old. He's ripped. I know, it's like they injected steroids into Dumbledore. Oh my God, that's Aaron. He's very hot. Gay guys are so stupid. I know. But we've been smart enough to brand ourselves as being smart. It's our little secret. You met a guy? I don't think I'm his type. He's like gay Tom Brady. What are you into? One of these ripped idiots with no opinions? No, I like someone who's physically very frail and won't stop talking. And I bet he's as intimidated by you as you are by him. I'm down for whatever. Yeah, I can do whenever and I can do whatever. Cool, whatever, whenever. GIF of Michael Scott dancing. Office GIF? This person isn't gay. I, spent all my years in I need you to be honest with me. You like these rowy meathead idiots. Oh, look, they're fighting. You like that? Hey. I can be tough like your you boys. Like oh, that's, that's what you like. Oh, 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 hey, what's going on? Oh, that's cool. Bye bye. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Now I have to go to a Pride party and you're both too old to be in the pool. Please leave. People are threatening to boycott the museum. You can't say Lincoln was gay. If we don't do this, we're letting the heterosexual terrorists win. There are trans terrorists too. Caitlyn Jenner. You are so different from me. You're very intense. I like to keep things chill. I can be chill. Just like a manly man. Sir. Up. I got you. Yeah. What is going on with you? My whole life, I prided myself on being self-reliant, but this guy has gone into my head. Maybe you're both bottoms and that's the problem. Bottom day. Bottom day. Yeah. Gay sex was more fun when straight people were uncomfortable with it. Oh my God, do you guys remember straight people? Yeah, they had a nice run. I mean, it's it's every single portion of the trailer. I mean, and they want to, uh, they they basically want to delegitimize heterosexuality. I mean, it's ridiculous, but that is because they've been turned over to lustfulness, and that's part of the depravity that we're seeing in the culture today. That's why they want to teach your kids about, you know, LGBTQ BS. That's why they want to rewrite the history books. I'm going to read a history book. Uh, uh, screenshot that I saw that it, it's amazing what they did. They went back to, uh, you know, they went back to a, a period of time and tried to say that this was the first war that was pro LGBTQ. I don't even know how they got there with this. It's ridiculous, but they want to take school and weaponize it against your kids because they hate you because of your beliefs. And then you take that and you got a medical community that's now involved with telling everyone that these kids can be chopped up because they feel like they're the opposite sex and they can be given puberty blockers. I mean, this is the same medical community that was just involved with telling everyone to stay home until they're deathly ill, close to dying from the Wuhan coronavirus that said, you know, you can't take treatments like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine because that's horse dewormer and you know, you're going to inject bleach and you're going to die because you're an idiot. Um, don't do any of that that's proven to be effective. Go ahead and take these mRNA shots that cause blood clots and myocarditis. Myocarditis was a rare, rare thing. And listen to this commercial. This kid's talking about it like it's freaking, you know, cancer. I've been into fashion since I can remember. 
But one day, I had a stomachache so bad, I didn't want to do anything. The team at New York Presbyterian said it was actually my heart. It was severely swollen. Something called myocarditis. But doctors gave me medicines and used machines to control my heartbeat. They saved me. So now I can become the next great fashion designer. I mean, I got myocarditis. How did you get myocarditis there, Kitty? Um, that's an enlargement of the heart. Kids aren't supposed to have crazy heart issues like that out of the blue. I mean, are we going to have a month of awareness, you know, like we do with cancer and breast cancer? Are we going to have myo myocarditis? The month of May will be myocarditis. Myocarditis awareness month. I mean, is the NFL going to wear heart insignia patches on their uniform and maybe they'll throw around a pig skin that's in the shape of a heart, you know, to raise awareness. <laughs> I mean... I, listen to this going the same medical community that gave us all that that said to stay home until you're dying and then we'll put you on a ventilator because we don't want to over flood the hospitals because all those dancing TikTok doctors and nurses uh, might actually have to roll their sleeves up and do some work. Um, we're going to take advice from this community that you know chopping up your your kids' genitals is, is A-OK. -okay. It's gender-affirming. Here, take this chemical castration elixir right after you get boosted with the mRNA shot, and maybe you'll just, you know, lose puberty and die of a blood clot. Why not? One kid got six feet of blood clot pulled out of his legs. He can't play football anymore. But listen to the Boston Medical. I played this on a show a couple weeks ago. Uh, Boston Medical... Children's Hospital. A child will often know that they are transgender from the moment that they have any ability to express themselves, and parents will often tell us this. We have parents who tell us that their kids, they knew from the minute they were born practically, and actions like refusing to get a haircut or standing to urinate, trying to stand to urinate, refusing to stand to urinate, trying on siblings' clothing, uh, playing with the quote opposite gender toys, things like that. There is more and more a group of adolescents that we are seeing that really are coming to the realization that they might be trans or gender diverse a little bit later on in their life. So what we're seeing from them is that they always sort of knew something was maybe off and didn't have the understanding to know that they might be trans or have a different gender identity than the one they had been assigned. So that is a, a growing population that, they are, that we are seeing and that's being recognized as being trans and able to be treated. So most of the patients that we have in the GEMS clinic actually know their gender, usually around the age of puberty, but a good portion of children do know as early as seemingly from the womb, and they will usually express their gender identity as very young children, some as soon as they can talk. They might say phrases such as, I'm a girl, or I'm a boy, or I'm going to be a woman, or I'm going to be a mom. Kids know very, very early. So in the GEMS clinic, we see a variety of young children all the way down to ages two and three, and usually up to the ages of nine. When they come into the clinic, they'll see one of our psychologists and we'll be talking to them about their gender, we'll be talking to their family about how to best support that child and how to make sure that that child has the space and support to explore their gender and uh, do well throughout their development. And we'll be answering any parent questions. A lot of parents do have questions and so we answer those questions. The biggest piece of advice I give parents uh, who are coming through the gender clinic at Boston Children's Hospital is to just be supportive. Um, sometimes you might not understand 
understand. Sometimes you feel like you don't know the terms or you don't kind of get exactly what the child means when they say that they might be this gender. But the biggest thing you can do is just love your child and support them and just allow them to express themselves. That's the biggest protector as well against negative mental health effects such as depression, suicidality, anxiety that we worry about for our gender diverse kids and young adults. So that support from a parent is one of the best protective factors and one of the best things they can do. These are physicians. I mean, they're physicians. They're child doctors from Boston Medical. And they're just like, oh, yeah, well, your boy was playing with a Barbie. Let's go ahead and cut his balls off and turn him into a eunuch. (laughs) Yeah, great job. Great medical advice. Same people that are pushing these vaccines, you know. And, and that's not even, oh, oh yeah, the, the magical vaccines. These things are great. A new study in the New England Journal of Medicine shows not only that the Pfizer vaccine effectiveness becomes negative within five months, but that the vaccines destroy any protection a person would have from natural immunity. Hey, the science. Let's go with the science, guys. Let's go with the experts, the medical experts, right? It's evil. And then... It's not just Boston Medical, it's also Yale. Listen to this doctor from Yale. I'm a clinical psychologist by training, and I am the director of the Yale Gender Program, which is an interdisciplinary program working with gender expansive individuals, three to 25, and their families. We um, help individuals who are questioning their gender identity or who identify as transgender or non-binary. We help them with their gender journey, um, thinking through that, thinking through the risks and the benefits of uh, medical intervention, uh, starting medical intervention, um, and also building supports around them. I love what I do, so it's really, really wonderful to, to be working in this field and to be working with individuals who are gender diverse and gaining their support and helping them on their gender journeys. I mean, they're right there just saying it, you know, like it's medical fact. And you know why? Because they're getting paid. They're getting paid. It's like the plastic surgeon. You know, I've, I've got friends of mine that know doctors who, uh, they were in the medical field, and then they decided to get into plastic surgery, get boob implants and what have you. They're driving around in, you know, nice Maseratis or, uh, you know, Aston Martins, and they're living it up. So we're going to do that to kids? Well, Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire, he uncovered some interesting things. Uh, from Vanderbilt. (laughs) Listen to this. Uh, She kind of goes through the money that can be made off of this stuff. Starting in January 1st of 2017, according to the Affordable Care Act, insurance carriers are mandated to cover medical expenses for trans folks. Um, Some of our BUMC financial folks in in August of 20, sorry, October of 2016, sorry, a couple years ago, put down some Cost of how much money we think each patient would bring in, and this is only including top surgery. This isn't including any bottom surgery, and um, it's a lot of money. These surgeries make a lot of money. Um, so female to male chest reconstruction could bring in forty thousand uh, dollars. A patient just on routine hormone treatment, who I'm only seeing a few times a year, can bring in several thousand dollars. That requires a lot of visits and labs. It actually makes money for the hospital. Vanderbilt's getting paid to chop up your kid. I mean, your confused kid. And I might even read this thread of a person who detransitioned back 
and can tell you what the damaging effects of the surgery that they got to transition initially. I mean, it's crazy the stuff that they talk about. But I mean, why would you think anything less? I mean, it's surgery. You know, they call it top surgery and bottom surgery. It's the only surgery that doesn't have some crazy technical name to it, right? And they're doing this for gender-affirming care. See, the devil is described as the author of lies. The, the, the one who instills confusion, chaos. You want to talk about confusion? Take a look at the new pride flags. I can't even make it out. There's, there's like 20 different flags. They got a million different colors and shapes. It's confusing. Um, changing a boy to a girl and a girl to a boy, that's confusion. And who brings about confusion? I mean, you really want to look at it. Um, what's even more confusing is their acronyms. One day it's LGBTQ. One day it's LGBT. One day it's LGB. One day it's LGBT plus plus two spirit, whatever. It's confusion. I love what Zuby, the hip hop artist said uh, on a show when he was talking about it. It's like you read that and it's like a, it's like a, encrypted password to a Wi-Fi code. You know, it's like uh, hashtag explanation point G lowercase L. I mean, it's almost like they're the minority with the acronym that is like a blockchain, right? It's like, it's ridiculous. And so they're this special class, but now they have their talons in every bit of the culture. You can't like that movie we just played. You can't watch a TV show without a gay character and now they're pushing the trans thing all over everybody. But then they're going to your kids and trying to groom them so that, you know, they say that they'll be kinder to them and not judgmental. But really, why do you have drag queens come into the library? Listen to this article. Children should watch their parents have sex. This is from Courage is a Habit. This is what sex education means now. The next time you meet someone that says, ah, it's just about safety, inclusion, and empathy, show them this and watch them break their groomer's spine trying to justify it. And it's this book, Sex Education for 8 to 12-year-olds by Anna LeBlanc. Unbelievable. I don't even want to get into what it says. There's a lot of disgusting stuff in it. But um, this is what we're dealing with in this crazy age. Look at half of his Biden's cabinet. You know, Biden's up there at the U.N. talking about how the U.N. should have more inclusivity and they should be more tolerant. When most of the Middle Eastern countries that are attending this thing would throw his entire cabinet off the 10th story building because of their lifestyle choices. You've got this monkeypox czar who's straight out of an S&M club. I mean, he's got the mask on. He's got like a gimp hanging out with him. I mean, and then you go to GoFundMe is out there because it's government, it's big corporations, big tech. They're out there raising money, allowing girls to raise money for top surgery. One has uh, $41,000 that they raised. Or no, uh, no, actually GoFundMe has more than 41,000 girls and young women raising money for top surgery. That's insane. But that's how we get here in a culture like this. It's everywhere. I mean, and, and then we get into the abortion side. Think of that. 
So one minute, a baby is a baby in the womb, and the next minute, it's not. And the heartbeat that you hear is just manufactured. Of course, that's what Stacey Abrams says. So look at this. We're going to start out with the Today Show. Listen to what the Today Show said about a study of babies in the womb taking a 3D ultrasound, and then they noticed that when the, the mother was eating certain foods, as the food was digested, the baby made a face in the womb. Wait, so you guys have to see this. Have you heard about this? So this morning, we wanted to show you. <laughs> I'm trying to change the subject. Some amazing baby faces. Look at this. So researchers in Brit Britain wanted to know if babies in the womb react when the mom ingests a flavor of food. And this is what they saw. Do you want to guess what was on the left? Oh, so the okay. left is a, a baby in its resting state. Okay. And then on the right, you see how he smiles 20 yeah. minutes? The mom ate some carrots. Oh. On the left, would they eat? That was just a resting state. That was a resting, but, but he liked were, the carrots. She had like a carrot oh, pill. So were there other foods? Yes, there were other foods. I'm glad you asked. You want to look at this baby's sure. reaction before? Mom had, <laughs> mom had kale. Wow, wow. So here's the thing. The what about if mom had had ice cream? I don't know. Why, why would they go? Why would they go with? Let me with explain. And vegetables. So the SETI's co-author says the images could just show muscle movements when a baby's reacting to maybe a flavor that's bitter. So you shouldn't interpret it whether you know it's happy or distaste. No, I think that's how I do. It. Yeah. Because once they get out of the womb, it's that same look. Yeah, yeah. it's the same. Way. That's Isn't that funny? Though. But it just goes to show, you know, what you ingest. Yeah, yeah. you are what you eat. And the 3D imagery is pretty just cool. Really they didn't really have cool. that when I was pregnant. No. Did you get 3D? Yeah, I got 3D. And really? Then, honestly, Ollie and Rusty look exactly like they do the 3D in 3D images? Well, I guess that's supposed to be how it works. And my kids so. had chalk drawings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wish you could see it because when there's something like chocolate, he's got a big old grin on his face in the womb. You know, I'm, I'm assuming gender here. You know, because that's the new thing to be offended by. But when 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 the mother eats kale, man, it's got this look of disgust on its face. It's like, blah. It's just, you know, like, what's the good kale recipe? Take kale, put it in a pan, open up the trash can, slide it on in. But, I mean, it looks to me like these clump of cells seem to be identifying as humans now. Not sure if they're non-binary, cis, or trans. I mean, we probably need to put them on puberty-blocking drips just to be on the safe side. I mean, I'd recommend that he, she, they, them, Z, tree, whatever they are, should wear a mask and keep up the social distancing in the womb as well. It seems to be working out well for them. But make sure to get vaxxed just because, you know, you don't want to kill grandma. Get vaxxed. It's ridiculous. But this is the evil that we've been dealing with. And so you've got the Today Show basically affirming that Whatever's in the womb isn't just a clump of cells. It can taste things. <laughs> it tastes flavor, right? But then Stacey Abrams gets out there and says this nonsense. There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. So the heartbeat is manufactured? That's not even really a heartbeat? Has she ever had a baby? She looks like she has. But seriously, though, has she ever had a baby? You go in there and you go, oh, wow, you're pregnant. Hey, listen, you want to hear the heartbeat? What happens later when they start kicking? Is that a clump of cells? It just reactions. It's bubbling up or, you know, it's like in indigestion or something. I mean, <clears throat> these things are shown to be true. But. 
These are the same people that want to abort your baby so they can chop them up for spare parts. You know, give the spleen over here, sell the arms, sell the stem cells. You know, Cecil Richards, the former Planned Parenthood uh, CEO, if that's what you want to call her, the head of the Planned Parenthood organization, she can drive around in her new Lamborghini for selling some baby kidneys. That's how diabolical it is. That's how evil it is. I mean, and, and then you got Kevin, uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom. He runs a pro-choice billboards all over the state, all over in several states, actually. And one of the ads even references the Bible. Now, Satan knew scripture, too. But that's how evil these people are. They keep running around using the Bible to justify things that are antithetical to the Bible, that are pure evil. I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah, just launched billboards uh, in seven of the most restrictive anti-abortion states that explain how women can access care, no matter where they live. To any woman seeking an abortion in these anti-freedom states, California will defend your right to make decisions about your own health. What about the health of the baby? It's really just sickening. And the states that he's uh, targeting are Texas, Indiana, Mississippi, Ohio, South Carolina, South Dakota, and Oklahoma. <laughs> they, they even have South Dakota doesn't own your body. You do, one of the ads declares. Uh, it's just sickening. Another billboard features a photo of a woman, and the text reads, Need an abortion? California is ready to help. The ad also makes a spiritual reference. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Mark 12, 31. About abortion. How about loving the neighbor that's in your womb? <laughs> it's, these people are evil. That's why I'm saying this is a spiritual battle. See, the first two podcasts for the month of September that I did, I kind of wanted to lay out, and I was going to get into uh, the strategy of switching primaries to caucuses and how it's more advantageous to the the freedom-loving underdogs that the establishment always seems to snipe out in the primaries. Well, because the whole point of September's podcast were, how do we win going forward? So we eliminate the schools that are, uh, that are indoctrinating your kids and have a grapple hold on you and want to push sexuality on your kindergartner, wants to want, want to try to turn them into a transgender individual, uh, Getting that school choice back, having that money refunded back to you so you can fire the schools and you can decide where you want to put them. So we get that portion of the, of the indoctrination out of the way. And then make your red state redder. Govern it like a small country and be a buffer with federalism against the Biden junta, you know, the, the, the installed Biden junta. From the publisher's sweepstake, publisher's clearinghouse sweepstake election, where we just mail in the ballots and, you know, I, I, we have to find a way to buffer their authoritarian power grab. And so I was going to get into, well, how do we get good candidates to make the states redder? Well, we look at the fact that we may need to look towards getting rid of the primaries in our states and switching them to the caucuses like Iowa does. And that would, that would level the playing field to allow you 
to pick a good candidate and not have the establishment just run them out on money and ads and uh, their power over the system. But then I got to thinking about it without everything going on. I'm like, everything that is happening right now is pure evil. And we need to fight evil because ultimately that's the crux of it all. Capitalism only thrives when good people, good virtuous people, I would say Christians because they're, that's what the ultimate virtue is centered on. But when good people are operating in it, you know, if you look at it, capitalism as a system can fail, but it can fail only because the people are failing it, right? That's where the corruption, the cronyism, that's where all that comes into play. But it still can succeed and allow prosperous uh, individuals that are on the outsides of it. The, the, you know, you're not a serf. You can make good money. You can have the ability to start your own business. Now, you may not be up there with Larry Fink and BlackRock, where you're trying to dictate public policy by weaponizing monetary business, you know, the lending of capital, but you can still succeed. In communism, no, it's all serfdom. Yeah, oh, everybody shares everything. Well, who's, who's, re- who's like relegating that? Who is the one regulating that? Who is the one overseeing that? Because there is always somebody overseeing it. There is always a head of a government Those people are the ones reaping the tremendous benefits. And for that to be the case, well, there's resources are scarce, so you're going to have less and you'll be a serf. And so these are the things we have to look at. We have to look at the fact that um, the LGBTQ cartel that they push, um, they're really focused on anti-capitalism. That's what they're pushing. Um, And they also want everyone in lockstep with all of their depopulation movements, abortion being one of them. Listen to this. Hollywood's industry-wide pro-abortion stance with deserters implicitly blackmailed in its most authoritarian since its infamous anti-communist blacklist in the 1950s. This is from the National Review. So basically, if you weren't on board with... uh, supporting Roe v. Wade, you were just blacklisted. I mean, the show business trade uh, press became politicized sometime during the Obama administration around the release of the uh, guilt machines, precision and 12 years a slave. I learned this from personal experience of how liberal self-righteousness overpowered fairness. Yet I must point to a recent instance of straightforward reporting by trade media. On July 28th, Variety detailed news of an industry-wide pro-abortion stance, but the article stopped short of saying that this is Hollywood's most authoritarian gesture since its infamous 1950s anti-communist blacklist. Kate Arthur reported that a collection of more than 400 television creators, showrunners, responding to the Supreme Court Dobbs decision sent an open letter to top-level executives at Netflix, Disney, Warner Brothers, Discovery, NBC Universal, Apple, and more, demanding specific abortion safety protocols for pregnant employees in states where abortion laws were challenged. This letter uh, transformed the old blacklist into a new blackmail. In 2019, several studios 
considered halting production in Georgia to protest that state's heartbeat abortion ban. So basically, if you want to do business with Hollywood, well, you better take your employees and give them the ability to go wherever they want to get an abortion if they live in these states. It's ridiculous. (laughs) And then what companies are you really doing business with? Netflix, Disney. We know about Disney's uh, not-so-secret gay agenda that they talked about in their own Zoom video calls between staff and CEO. But then you've got this. PayPal allows minor-attracted persons group to stay on the platform after banning gays against groomers. Now, there's a LGBTQ group who is against this whole grooming of kids teaching sexuality and and queer theory in kindergarten and first and second grade. And they're pushing back because a lot of these people are minor attracted persons was basically code word for pedophile. Um, PayPal banned an account that draws attention to adults who like to expose kids to sexual content, but still allows pro uh, prostasia an organization that provides support for minor attracted persons to hold an account and use its services to fundraise. PayPal permanently banned gays against groomers account and did, and so did Venmo, which PayPal owns. And this is according to the daily caller news foundation. Um, and it's really odd that you're getting all this pushback against, you know, people trying to normalize pedophilia, especially when our own president is up there talking about the fact that when he was, I guess he had, when he was 30, he dated some 12-year-old. I, You know, we talked about how the Clinton Foundation, which Zelensky just attended, um, the Clinton Global Initiative, how they may have had some dealings be- with Epstein because Epstein helped set up the foundation. Um, and we know that Hunter Biden and all of them have issues with underage girls. And we've always suspected Biden sniffing all these girls' hairs, you know, grabbing them and doing weird things. I was just going to play the clip, but Tucker Carlson actually uh, analyzed it before I could put it into the podcast. And his analysis kind of leads to where I'm at, too. Just listen to this. Well, it'll be interesting to know. Unfortunately, when he spoke in Washington today, he didn't really tell us. Instead, he got, as he often does, sidetracked and went off about some relationship he had with a 12-year-old girl. Watch this. Guys, say hi to me. We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway. It's hilarious. We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30. Anyway. What? What was Joe Biden talking about? Who was he talking about? What exactly was he describing? He sounded like a late-life confession. We don't know, actually. For once, the White House is not clarifying what Joe Biden said. They're just walking away slowly. And the New York Times is never going to get to the bottom of it, obviously, not just because they're Democratic partisans, which they are, but because, like everybody else, they don't take Joe Biden very seriously when he talks. Whatever Biden's other talents may be, shelling for credit card companies or having Michael Jackson-level plastic surgery or showering with his daughter, he has a lot of trouble talking. He's not good at that. He rambles. He doesn't finish his thoughts, such as they are. He makes bizarre, unexclaimed claims, like the one you just heard. Joe Biden, again... Whatever you say about him is not an articulate man. Yeah, what is that? I mean, when he was 30, she was 12? What in, is he a minor attracted person? I mean, is Biden a map? 
Um, we've always speculated that, but at the very least, it's evil. Okay, grooming kids, uh, taking their innocence away, uh, mutilating your bodies, turning, in, uh, taking God's creation, and basically saying that God created the wrong thing because you were a man trapped in a woman's body or a woman trapped in a man's body. God's creation is perfect. You know, God, what, what ails uh, God's creation is sin and the fall that ushered in sin. That's why you have disease. That's why you have famine. That's why you have hurricanes and tornadoes and you have disease. Maybe you have mental illness and there's also spiritual affliction, possession. So, I mean, what is causing these mental illnesses? What is causing you to think that you're going to transcend what God has created and have humans replicate what should have been created the correct way by taking you and chopping you up and turning you from a man into a woman and a woman into a man? I mean, because that's basically what's happening here. And when you listen to this individual who had detransitioned, um, it's really amazing. This, uh, this person, Tulip Ritchie, is the account, says, I want to tell everyone what they took from us, what irreversible really means, and what reality looks like for us. No one told me any of what I'm going to tell you. Um, so this is somebody that transitioned and is now transitioning back and, you know, kind of giving to the scoop as to what their reality is like. said, I have no sensation in my crotch region at all. You could stab me with a knife. I wouldn't know. The entire area is numb. It's like it's shell-shocked and unable to comprehend what happened to me even four years on. I tore a sutra four days post-recovery, and they promised to address it. I begged them emails to fix it. They scorned me instead. Years later, I have what looks like a chunk of missing flesh next to my neo-vagina, and it literally looks like someone hacked at me. They still won't fix it. No one told me that the base area of your penis, which is left, uh, it can be removed, or it can't be removed, meaning that you're left with a literal stump inside that twitches. And when you take testosterone or your libido returns, you wake up with morning wood without the tree. I wish this was a joke. And if you do take testosterone after being post-op, you run the risk of internal hair in the neo-vagina. Imagine dealing with internal hair growth after everything. What a choice. Be healthy on testosterone and a freak or remain a sexless eunuch. And that's something that will never come back. And one of the reasons why I got surgery. My sex drive died about six months on uh, HRT and at the Time, I was glad to be rid of it, but now, 10 years later, I'm realizing what I'm missing out on, and I won't be able to get it back. But even if I had a sex drive, my neo-vagina is so narrow and small, I wouldn't be able to even have sex if I wanted to. And when I do use a small dilator, I have random pockets of sensation that only seem to pick up pain rather than pleasure. Any pleasure I do get comes from the prostate that was removed or that was moved forward and wrapped in glands from the penis, meaning anal sex isn't possible and can risk further damage. This is amazing. This is from somebody who transitioned. That she, they even said, I am awakened to a living nightmare. It's, it's evil. This is what people are dealing with. And this is where I'm going to get biblical because it really comes from uh, Romans 18, Romans 1, 18 uh, to the end of the chapter. 
So the Apostle Paul rolls into Rome. Now, this is after he's been converted, uh, and he started his, his uh, teaching, his missionary uh, movement to open up these new churches. You know, you got to remember, he was very well-versed in the Bible, or the Torah. There was no Bible written at the time. There were scriptures, but there was the Torah. And uh, he was persecuting Christians because he thought they were blasphemous to the Torah until Christ appeared before him and said, hey, what are you doing? You're killing my people. And then it all clicked. And he went through a period of time of, of having to, you know, he was blinded and then the scales came off his eyes and he kind of was brought to the revelation that Christ was the savior that was written about in Isaiah and things of that nature. So he goes out, he's also a tent maker. He's also very well-versed in the law, which means he's a great orator. He was a Jewish a citizen who also was a Roman citizen. That was kind of rare. That kind of saved him. All the combination of elements that the Apostle Paul had allowed God to use him in ways that were very impactful. So he goes into Rome, and Rome dealing with all types of hedonism and, you know, just all types of stuff going on. And he goes in there and just lays down what's happening. And it's very similar to what's happening here in America. So it says, For revealed is the wrath of God from heaven upon all impiety and unrighteousness of men, holding down the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known of God is manifest among them. So everything that's known about God is right there. And God did manifest it to him. So God showed him. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world by things being made being understood and plainly seen both his eternal power and Godhead to their being inexcusable, because having known God, they did not glorify him as God, nor did they give him thanks, but were made vain in their reasonings, and their unintelligent heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they were made fools, and changed by the glory of the incorruptible God into the likeness of an image of a corruptible man, and of fowls and quadrupeds, and of reptiles. Wherefore also God did give them up to their own desires, the desires of their hearts, to uncleanness, to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Hmm. Guess we're doing a lot of that, right? With all these little bottom and top surgeries and all types of things like that. Who did change the truth of God into a falsehood and did honor and serve the creation rather than the creator. We're not seeing a lot of that with the global warming crowd and, you know. Who is blessed to the ages, amen. Because of this, God gave them up to dishonorable affections, for even their females did change their natural use into that against nature. So there you go, LGBTQ uh, lesbians uh, giving up their nature. Um, and, And then it goes on to say, and in like manner, also the males, having left the natural use of the female, did burn in their longing toward one another, males with males working shame, and the recompense of their error that was fit in themselves receiving. We're not seeing that, right, with that movie clip that I was playing earlier? Men lusting after men, always consumed with lust and desire for, for men, always having to talk about it. And according as they did not approve of having God in knowledge, they gave, God gave them up to the de, uh, disapproved, depraved mind to do the things not seemingly 
having been filled with all unrighteousness, whoredom, wickedness, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil dispositions, whispers, evil speakers, God-haters, insulting, proud, boasters, inventor of evil things, hmm. mm, COVID, much, um, disobedient to parents, unintelligent, faithless, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who the righteous judgment of God, having known that those practicing such things are worthy of death, not only do them, but also have delight with those practicing them. So basically he's saying, yeah, all these things, God's going to let you, you know, it's going to give you up to your depraved mind. You're going to be able to do those things that you think you want to do, and you're going to find out really quickly that it's not good. It's going to lead to all sorts of strife and destruction. I mean, you've got the body positivity movement out here that's also uh, anti-capitalism and you know, people are going, well, you know, some people have a metal con condition and they can't control their weight to a degree, but you got people like Lizzo out there that's just flaunting it, you know, and overindulging in, on purpose and glorifying it. You've got all these other movements that we talked about earlier, which is gluttony, which is, you know, slothfulness. Um, they're all deadly sins, and that's where we are as a country. Until we start moving in a better direction and getting away from that, that's when things will change and we'll start moving towards a more righteous nation. And we better look at doing this very soon. We need to fix this because they're coming after Christians. Look at this from Greg Price. He's an uh, independent journalist. The Biden Department of Justice is being fully weaponized against its political enemies. The most hostile case yet might be the story of a Catholic activist from a hometown that had 30 FBI agents sent to his house to arrest him in front of his wife and his seven children. Mark Hout is the founder of an organization called the Kingsmen, which promotes Christian virtues among men and is well known for pro-life activists in the Philadelphia area. Every Wednesday, he sidewalk counsels the Planned Parenthoods in Philly for six to eight hours a day. In October of 2021, he was counseling when a pro-abortion protester leading people into the building threatened his son and yelled at obscenities at him. Hauk then pushed the man away from his son. He was never charged for it, and the man tried unsuccessfully to sue him. Well, that was until just the other day, when, according to his wife, 25 to 30 armed FBI agents raided his home at 7.05 a.m. His wife said that they entered the home and they pointed rifles at him as their kids began screaming. His wife and his kids watched and they arrested Mark. Unbelievable. He's now being charged by the uh, Biden Department of Justice with a law called the, quote, Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrance, which makes it a federal crime to, quote, injure, intimidate, and interfere with anyone because of the person, uh, because that person is a provider of reproductive health care. So we got another abortion incident. Mark Halk is now facing the maximum sentence of 11 years in prison, three years of supervised release, and fines up to 350000 
all because he pushed a Planned Parenthood volunteer to the ground who got in his son's personal space and yelled obscenities at him. So, of course, it's unprecedented that the FBI raided President Trump's home, but in my opinion, this is even worse. Mark Halk is a man who poses no threat to anyone. All he does is promote Catholic values, help people, and try to save lives. This is two tiers of justice. Again, they're coming after Christianity and the absence of justice. We're going to release all these criminals into the wild. We are going to minimize their sentences. But yet, if you march on the Capitol because you think the election had some irregularities and you wanted to support your president that you voted for, maybe in 2016, maybe you're voting for him in 2020, well, you're going to be in prison for up to two years, no speedy trial, no due process. It's all evil. It's all evil. And what they're doing with Ron DeSantis is even more evil. So the left's new thing is to weaponize Christianity, to go after it, to vilify it. And they call it Christian nationalism. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I've always said that white supremacy and white nationalism was code word for Christian. I've said that on my podcast for years. Well, now they've drilled it down to make it Christian nationalism. And they're going after um, they're going after Ron DeSantis and his faith by doing this. So Mary Ellen Klaus, she's a reporter. She actually uh, was tweeting out a statement that Ron DeSantis put out. And listen how she takes biblical Christian statements and weaponizes it. Quote, put on the full armor of God. Stand firm against the left schemes. You will face flaming arrows, but if you have the shield of faith, you will overcome them. And in Florida, we walk the line here. And can I tell you this? I have begun to fight. Ron DeSantis, February 2022. She said the biblical reference DeSantis uses in this example is from Ephesians 6 and calls on Christians to spiritually arm themselves against, quote, the devil's schemes. In DeSantis' speeches, he has repeated the, quote, devil with the left. <laughs> well, I mean, can you blame him? It's, it's unbelievable. She goes, new Ron DeSantis is tapping into the Christian nationalism movement in his rhetoric and policies. But unlike religious conservatives of the past, his language is more aggressive, using war imagery to decide who is the better American. Because he said, put on the armor of God. That's a real thing. The breastplate of righteousness, the armor of God. I mean, these are all things that you can find in the Bible it's not that he's projecting war imagery. It's these are things that are described as, you know, parts of the Bible that are described as being uh, something that you would use to fight the spiritual warfare that we're going through. But she goes on. We have the responsibility to make sure that the students that come out of our school system understand what it means to be an American. They need to understand that our rights come from God not from the government. And that's a quote of Ron DeSantis, August 19, 2022. And she, she goes on to quote him as saying, 
Get ready for the battle. Put on the full armor of God. Take a stand against the left schemes. Stand firm in your belt of truth around your waist. You will face flaming arrows and you should, uh, and, but the shield of faith will protect you. And then she quotes DeSantis as saying, so look, so I look forward to joining you in your battles to come. The governor continued. I can tell you that in the state of Florida, we will be holding the line. We'll be standing ground. We won't back down. And I have only begun to fight. And she's like floored that the, that Ron DeSantis would use that imagery to his withstanding the fight. You know, he's going to send illegals to Martha's Vineyard and he's going to have holy hell by the news media raining down on him as though he is the most evil person in the world. And he's standing in the truth of the Bible that he understands. He is standing in the truth that we all understand. And this is the point of the entire podcast. This is the, this is the point of the entire episode that we need to be confident in the truth of the, our Christianity, our faith, our knowledge of what is true, what is righteous. And we need to stand up against the culture that vilifies it, that wants to take us down, that wants to... Uh, call us Christian nationalists and that we are evil and we need to allow transgenderism and LGBTQ to run rampant and, and grow with all authority and to allow the lack of justice and, you know, uh, slothfulness and, and gluttony and pride. We need to elevate these deadly sins. Um, these are things that are destroying America as we speak. And we need to understand these things and we need to recognize the full battle that we're dealing with spiritually and that this is what is bringing America to its knees. This is why you have a president who's out there talking about how he was 30 years old and he was hitting on a 12-year-old. This is why you have a presidential administration who stole its election because we had a Samson. We had a Samson that brought the pillars down. Whether we think... President Trump was actually, you know, a Christian, a believer or not. We know God used him because he reset the capital of, you know, Jerusalem to in Israel. He reset the American embassy to be the capital of uh, Israel in Jerusalem. He turned around and also spoke at every March for Life you know, event. No other president did that on the left or the right. He nominated judges who would eventually eliminate Roe v. Wade based on faulty law and giving it back to the states. He did things that honored God. Now, whether or not he was a Christian and a believer, that remains to be seen. That's between him and his creator. But he did things that did honor God. And now we have people that are in power that are doing things to not honor God, to pull troops out of Afghanistan prematurely to allow people to sense, needlessly and senselessly die. You know, we have this administration that promotes um, sadomasochism and uh, depravity within its cabinet, that promotes... Marxism that promotes anti um, anti Christian values. 
And I think God has given it over to judgment and saying, you know what? You had it on a good path here, and now you rejected it, and you stole the election. You went out of your way to insidiously you know, revoke the election results and put this administration into power, and now you're on a path to hell. And that's what we're dealing with. And we are being judged, and we are being allowed the judgment, and we are being allowed uh, the opportunity for us to have a juxtaposition between a righteous situation and an unrighteous situation. And we're given the, you know, the the scope and the sphere and the eyeglass awareness to see the difference between the two, whether we recognize it and whether we go down as Sodom and Gomorrah or Rome or whether we turn around and make ourselves reconciled with him is the prop is the process. It's, it's the whole situation that we're living through. It's the red pilling of what we're living through in this moment. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google play, Spreaker, tune in. You can also donate to the show anchor.fm slash support slash or Adrian Slade slash support. You can call to be on the show, 1929 GoGoUSA. That's 1929 GoGoUSA. See you guys next time.